Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or physician and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you've found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Welcome, everyone, to yet another episode of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. Today is going to be the first of several podcasts we're going to string together around selling a business and overall exit strategy. There's a lot that's happening at the top end of the market, and I think it's about time that we unpack some of this. So I'm going to start this series uh, with a what I might call comprehensive timetable for selling a business. That's right. We're going to talk more than just go to market strategy. We're going to look at it from beginning to end. And this is going to give you a couple of things to think about through another wonderful cup of that Mila coffee and get your pad and pen ready because it's surely a note taking episode. The Group Practice Accelerator podcast is on the air. Well, welcome everybody once again to the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I am your host, Perrin Desports. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you to all of our loyal listeners, subscribers, and everybody who shares our show with colleagues and um, Ford's episodes and everything like that. That's the way we build our network and our audience. And even though it might just be you sharing one episode with one friend, you never know where it leads after that. And the compliments we get uh, on our content overall is are really great, but specifically the podcast, and we value all of it. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Um, keep sharing the show uh, for sure, and keep leaving us the ratings that you do. We certainly appreciate it. Let's talk about exit strategy today. And this is going to be like a tease in the uh, um, uh, intro. This is going to be one of a a series of podcasts we'll string together this month around exit strategies, timetables, and we're going to give you some different things to think about than, than what we have in the past. And I want to start maybe um, this series with talking about timetables because, you know, I take probably a call a week and I would gather that DeWalker takes three or four times that many um, around potential exits for a business. And, and it starts out with valuation. Hey, what do you think my business is worth? You know, and, and there are a lot of answers to that. Um, but the second question is all but immediately, well, how long do you think it's going to take? And this is a little bit of the wrong way to go about it. And, and I'm going to try to give you and the audience the guidance that we give prospective clients and give you a couple of things to think about. I will also tell you that we went through, uh, we had so many of these similar conversations that we built an exit strategy day that's a lot like our discovery day offering, but it's more one-on-one with a client for exit purposes to really kind of dig through some of this, get into valuation and some of the nuts and bolts that I'm going to share with you today. Um, so when somebody says, you know, how long do you think it's going to take? If you if you go to a, a traditional sell-side advisor, they're probably going to give you the answer somewhere between five to 12 months. And I would say that's about right. Somewhere a half a year to a year, 
depending on timing and a lot of other things, honestly, but as short as five months, maybe as long as 12 months ish, that piece has a marketed sales process where the business is marketed uh, to attract potential buyers. And then there's the due diligence and the closing process after LOI. Uh, and when all is said and done, that piece of it is about five to 12 months. Now, the difference in working with a company like us, like Polaris, and the reason that we built that exit strategy day is because we look at businesses not just exclusively as a sell-side advisor, but we kind of put on our consulting hat. And, and by that, I mean, we look for inherent upside in the business, and we're trying to um, maximize all advantages to the client to create the best possible outcome. However, the best, po however, that phrase best possible outcome is defined by the client. It may not be the largest valuation multiple. It may not be the largest transaction value, maybe a combination of things, but through our consulting lens, we're able to determine a lot of things about the business that may, uh, give, uh, you and us the outcome and saying that now today might not be the right time to start the go-to-market process. So a couple of things to keep in mind before you even start is that there could be some potential landmines to step on along the way and some things to clean up. And there, there are a couple of presentations we've done. I may try to link to it in the show notes. Um, but you know, if you got your associates all as 1099 instead of W-2, probably going to need to clean that up. Um, you know, if there are retention bonuses to consider, you've got leases that aren't assignable that can be a, a problem. So check all of your, your real estate leases. Um, certainly your current debt levels, because that influences the cash in the bank piece on the outcome. And if there's a poison pill in the operating agreement, meaning that it uh, requires unanimous provision uh, when you have multiple minority partners, those are all things to consider. This cleanup process really should be taken care of before going to market. And it could be somewhere between three to six months in length. Um, and that is before you actually, we actually build the, the pitch deck and, and go to market. One of the things I mentioned there was that you want to uh, go through a basic analysis of what the transaction might look like. This is your current level of EBITDA and a, a realistic valuation multiple to have a top line number. And then off that top line number, you want to think, okay, what do we want in terms of cash? And what do we want in terms of equity? Um, for the, the transaction itself, there are fees to your sell-side advisor, your accountant, your attorney, and any other third parties that may be involved. Um, there's some level of taxes right off the top. And then from the cash proceeds, of the transaction, you got to pay off the bank note. Okay, now that we've done all of that, what's the resulting net cash proceeds, cash in the bank to you? Uh, and whatever that resulting number is, is it worth it to you, cash in the bank, to do the transaction? Uh, and if it is, okay, now that's now we know eyes wide open uh, what we're dealing with here, and we're okay with it. So let's go to market. On the other hand, if you say, "Wow, that's a that was a you know a fifteen million dollar transaction, and I ended up with only about a million dollars cash in the bank," well, then maybe that's not the outcome we're looking for most immediately, and it might uh, be better that we spend a little bit of time um, improving the business, growing the EBITDA. Uh, picking all the low-hanging fruit uh, and and coming back, you know, at some point 
maybe a year down the road, maybe even two years down the road, uh, after we've built the business to a higher level of uh, EBITDA volume to warrant a higher um, uh, transaction value, even if it did require more debt, but it might yield a lot more in terms of cash in the bank. So this is this is a scenario we'd rather play on a whiteboard or behind closed doors versus getting in the process of going to market uh, and, and, you know, um, having a, an outcome that doesn't uh, yield the the initial transaction that we're looking for. Uh, and that may be between the cleanup process uh, and potentially improving the business. This is something that it could be as short as three months. It could be as long as two years prior to going to market. But you want to do all that before you actually are in market. So this is that pre-market stage that we look look at and and try to glean with the client and collaboration uh, what that initial outcome might look like. You know, the next piece is I mentioned the cash and equity piece, and people tend to think about you know selling the business as a as a five to twelve month event, like I say, but they're not mindful of what happens after the capital event, after the liquidity event. You know, you're if you build a valuable business, the likelihood is that you're going to be required to stay on for some period of time. How long do you want that to be? That may factor very highly in your decision process, or it might not factor at all. But those are things to consider because this adds length onto the back end of the transaction in terms of a work back period. Uh, if you don't want much of a work back period, it might lower the valuation. That may be okay for you. Uh, if you don't mind a longer work back period, it could improve the valuation. Um, so it it may be a huge decision point or it may amount to nothing for you, but it's something to consider relative to the cash proceeds and the equity proceeds. So when we think about Working post sale, if somebody asked me off the cuff, you know, hey, what should I expect in terms of a work back commitment? I tell them just off the cuff, it's two to three years. However, it could be less if that's what you want. It might be longer if that's what you want. And both of those could influence the transaction value. But rough rule of thumb is probably on the short end, two years, on the longer end, three years. Now, when we're, when we're thinking about the the business that you've built and the potential buyers that may be interested, you can kind of drop these into two buckets. We've talked about financial buyers and strategic buyers in the past. Financial buyers being like a a private equity group, um, a, a family fund or something like that, looking for a cornerstone of a platform to build off of and build a larger business versus a, a strategic, which is usually a private equity-backed DSO that's already in the local marketplace and they're looking to aggregate market share. This is important relative to transaction structure. I'm not going to go into structure very deeply in this podcast. Um, we'll talk about it on some upcoming podcasts for sure. Uh, but if this is a scenario where you know you are maybe younger or mid-career and and you've got a long work uh, trajectory ahead of you and you want to stay involved in the business, probably something where you want to take more equity or roll more into equity, and that may be more of a a private equity type of a buyer versus if you're a little bit later stage career and you want to take less in equity um, or a, a later stage DSO that's nearing recap 
uh, for the release of that equity. These are all different decision time points on the on the table uh, and on the timeline that we're trying to build that ultimately benefit you as a unique seller. Um, we could have two entrepreneurs who've built the exact same business, same type of business, same volume of EBITDA, same everything. But the two uh, clients could be at significantly different stages of life and may need different outcomes from the, the transaction itself and may have different expectations around work back or hold period for the equity. And all of this is really important to, to be able to sit down with your sell side advisor and get a handle on the number of years that this holistic approach uh, is going to yield. Because if you're just focused on five to 12 months, your sell side advisor either doesn't know to, to have these conversations with you or they're simply looking to cash the check from the transaction in terms of their commission and the rest is just kind of up to you. Uh, we tend to look at it as an end-to-end continuum and, and really one where we're trying to maximize the value that is unique to you. And when we say value, that's not the highest multiple, that's not the highest transaction value potentially, but it's the outcome that you desire most. And taking that comprehensive approach is a, a much more consultative way of doing it. And, and it really um, is something that we're able to do because we have both sides of the business, consulting side of our business, as well as the um, sell side advisory. There's one other piece to that that I'm going to uh, talk for just a couple of seconds and shamelessly self-promote here. So if you're contemplating selling your business and you're going to work with a sell side advisor, and I think you should, obviously, be it us or somebody else. The merits of working with Polaris is that we have the consulting side of our business that yields uh, monthly income, essentially. Think about it as if you were a general dentist and it's the hygiene department. You know, the hygiene department is the consistent sort of floor of revenue for your business from um, uh, patients coming in for recare appointments consistently. And the uh, operative restorative work you do is, is kind of the higher level peaks of your business, um, uh, the more higher value procedures you do. Our business is very similar. Uh, from a context of having consulting be the monthly floor of revenue, the residual revenue that we derive from working with clients on a continual basis versus the transaction revenue. If you are evaluating sell-side advisors and you look at a traditional sell-side advisory firm that only gets paid when a transaction closes, you're going to be engaged to someone in market and there are going to be a lot of emotions going and that that sell-side advisor is going to have a second thought in their mind around their advice to you about whether or not to take a transaction. If they say not to take a transaction, that means they don't eat for a while um, and, and that can put them in a point of jeopardy. They're literally only as good as their last sale, as, as we say. Uh, whereas a business like ours We've recommended to multiple clients on multiple occasions to, to walk away from a transaction or to go pencils down altogether at that point. And we didn't think twice about it. And the reason that we didn't think twice is because we had the luxury of having a second side of our business that would keep the business afloat. We are, we've built a business at Polaris 
that is not dependent upon sell-side advisory transactions or banking transactions for its existence. Quite the contrary. The, the monthly floor of revenue that we derive from consulting, from partnership pathways, from discovery days, and a lot of the other things that we do allows us to make investments in the business and certainly support the payroll of the business, even if we never closed another transaction uh, for an extended period of time. So when it comes to giving you uh, unbiased uh, and clear guidance, uh, you can rely on us uh, giving it from a standpoint of we truly believe it's in your best interest. So I thought that was worth sharing a little bit about the way we have built our business to ultimately support the guidance we give you as it relates to a potential transaction of yours. So the the sum to all of this is that when we're when somebody says, hey, Perrin, how long do you think the process will take? It would be short-sighted for me to say five to 12 months. I can very easily say that, but that is the marketed sales and due diligence process to closing. If I'm being completely honest, this is a, uh, a scenario that really uh, would have some prep work on the beginning to get the business ready for sale and some type of a, a work back obligation uh, on behalf of the client uh, as well as a, a potential uh, second bite of the apple for recap. And when you take all this together, it really is a process um, that could be as short as five to 12 months, or it might be as long as seven to eight years when taken in the context of everything. Again, every client, every business, every transaction is completely different, but this is something that I think is a much more, I'd like to think honest way, of approaching this type of uh, uh, an engagement from a client uh, and in terms of what you should be expecting going forward. All of that said, we again have built an exit strategy day that is a one-on-one -on -one day with clients. Uh, and it goes through a lot of everything I just rattled off at a high level here, but much more in depth with some of the material, the financial statements, the your personal financial position, the overall debt load of the business and your personal debt load, mortgage, cars, et cetera, um, your standards of living in terms of monthly consumption habits, your age in terms of being able to project a 20-year stream of, uh, of income to you and your family post-sale, all of these types of things are factor into that day together. And we have you know, about five to six hours in a room uh, to walk through a lot of these high level questions, dig deep with you and really unpack a lot of the subject matter to find out um, when the right time is for you to go to market. So I'm happy to entertain any of these types of questions to Walker and I are uh, on a, uh, a Zoom meeting or a, a phone call, um, but also happy to host you and your potential partners um, uh, in a in a room together on an exit strategy day. And I hope I've given you a little bit more of a context to think about as it relates to that comprehensive timeline and the way to approach this. We're going to dig into some more aspects of uh, exit strategies relative to stock market conditions, debt market, uh, and, and leverage scenarios uh, that we see currently, and a number of other factors that influence probably the next six to 12 months going forward. And I'm going to bring DeWalker on the show to, to do that in, in a couple of upcoming episodes. I hope I got the, the juices flowing and I hope I got the thought process started with you. If you are near the, the phase of uh, potentially considering going to market um, and, and giving you a couple of different ways to think about it. 
Really appreciate all of you being in the audience. Uh, all of the kind notes that you share with us. We see you live at events, uh, the emails that I get, the ratings that you share. And again, we really appreciate you sharing the show with your colleagues because that's the way we expand our network. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll see you on the next episode.